Hey, hey, hey. Mic check. One, two, two. Okay, this thing on. I hope it's on. <sighs> okay, um, yeah, just, guess I'll just go. Um, hey, guys, I am your friendly neighbor nerd. Um, I am gonna go ahead and get into what I'm getting into tonight, alright? Um, first of all, I'm out. Here we go. I'm a nerd. I like comic books, I like offbeat hooks, I like rappers with actual lyrical content. My taste is eclectic. I like KitchenAid stand mixers, I like that smell from the plant from when they make the swishers, especially when they're making bubblegum or grape, because it smells like candy when I'm coming around Dead Man's Curve. Wait, let me get back to my word. I know I'm a nerd. I sit around and watch YouTube all day in anime, and my and my friends can quote lines off Family Guy before they get a chance to say, my mind can break the most complex thing down to its basic molecular component, and I love that. So I own it. My mind is an enigma wrapped within a conundrum that's twisted within a riddle that's spit from the mouth of a genius who's trapped inside of a man who's gone just a little bit insane. And right now, I see that you're realizing that we are not one and the same. If I were on an intellectual plane, I would be the beast that runs the land. So I will leave you with this favorite saying we nerds love to say. Be nice to me. Gonna work for me one day. Welcome to Money for Rocks. A collection of poems by a nerd. <laughs> if you guys haven't heard, I am your host, friendly neighbor nerd, Bobo. Um, yeah, man, I have been meaning to get around to this show, and I'm finally doing it. I'm finally getting behind the mic and doing a poetry podcast. Um, not only just a poetry podcast, this is a podcast that is a conjunction effort between myself and my brain to write a book. Um, <laughs> I am putting together all of my collective poems that I've written over the, the past years or so, and I am giving them to you guys in literary form. I am super excited about it. I've, I've been <laughs> planning for this for quite some time. Like all the material is basically written. It just needs to be edited, needs to be put together. It needs to be fleshed out. It needs to be given life into it. I give life into my poems as I, as I speak them. I haven't given life to them as I've written them. Like, I have to find a way to bring them to the page to where you feel as much energy as I just put into that first performance. Um, Money for Rocks is a funny thing because it's honestly just a sign I saw. It was a sign I saw, bright yellow, black, just like um, you'll see on the on the podcast thumbnail or um, or the book cover when it finally comes out. And um, it just took out to me because like, who's out here giving money for rocks? I I need to get some rocks. I want some money. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's lit. Um, but I definitely feel like it's a piece of me man um this is hard like this is hard so i wanted to do this as like a i wouldn't even say a break but like a a new starting point i've done so much with Bobo's block everything that i've done with all of my other shows that i either produce or i'm on um but this is a new thing like i've always wanted to do a poetry show and 
I get the chance to do that and also give you guys a sneak peek of what's going on in my head when it comes to making my book. I don't know how frequent I'll be doing this. I'm going to tell you this now. Um, but we have four chapters in this book. And with these four chapters, you have a gang of poems within them. Um, I'm not going to read you off the contents of the poems. I will basically be giving that to you for each and every show. Like you guys are right now in chapter one. Chapter one is the quintessential like poems that make up me. These are my greatest hits. These are my favorites to perform because these are like a part of who I am as a poet. I'm a nerdy poet and I talk about nerdy shit. And um, yeah, the chapter is, of course, called Friendly Neighborhood Nerd. Um, chapter one, you just heard the first poem of the first like I wouldn't even like this would be like page seven or eight or whatever. This is the first poem that you guys get into, and it's my intro. I'm a nerd. Um, who I forgot when I wrote, I because like I will say I learned that every poet needs an intro poem, like every poet needs something that gives you who they are in one piece, and that's what I'm a nerd is for me. I'm a nerd kind of just lays it out on the line i this is what i'm here to talk about nerdy shit i talk about KitchenAid stand mixers i talk about rappers i love i talk about <laughs> little quirky um easter eggs like the the swisher sweet plants that's off of mlk in jacksonville florida i love driving by there and if you also know the where that is the it used to be called dead man's curve so yeah like it's little little things about me little things about where i'm from who i am like I want to be able to give myself on a platter every time I put every time I put like pen to paper and step behind a mic like I want to be able to connect with all of you. And this is where I get to do it performing. And I love it. I love it so much. So now that I get to talk about what goes on behind performing, whatever. um, Yeah, man, it's it's going to be going to be dope. So. If you're listening to this now, um, the inaugural episode, I am putting out free for everybody. This is where I get get to <laughs> get to entice you in, man, get to bring you into this journey, this ride. But Money for Rocks is for my Patreon. Um, Patreon is where I have all of my dope shit. Like I have all my bonus episodes of Bobble's Block on there. I have all of my um, exclusive podcasts like Kicking It. And I have other projects and things that I just love to do. Patreon is where you can help me out the most. And you can go to patreon.com forward slash Bobbo and sign up for the Patreon. And that will be where you can keep up with Money for Rocks. Uh, Money for Rocks will be getting recorded, whether y'all listen or not. I need to do this for me. This is accountability thing. I know my Patreons will listen, but I want you. Yeah, you, the one who clicked play on this to listen. Go ahead and head over to my Patreon. But enough spieling for y'all to <laughs> to help me out let's go ahead and um talk about why i'm here today Doug. so i said this is hard and that's so true i have not performed poetry in over a year and some change i want to say um yeah like pff, bruh i <laughs> uh last time i performed my actual poetry was for my verbal lessons breakout session 
um, in 2019, I want to say that was. I don't think I did. No, 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 no. It was in 2020, September. September 2020, I performed the last time. And I was, again, even before that, that was still a long-ass time since I performed again. And I think, like, <laughs> I'm nervous once again, dog. Like, I'm, I'm kind of, like, leery of getting up on the mic and getting into this poetry stuff like because even my last verb lessons breakout session i didn't do poetry i did a stand-up comedy special it's not that i don't like it's not that i can't do poetry anymore i've had a lot of um a lot of shit happen with me i've had (laughs) tremendous lows and a lot of things that like i just feel as if the poetry that I have already, I'm no longer in that space and I haven't figured out where I am now to give you new poetry. Like I, um, I was today in my car and I was just thinking like, if I were to get up on an open mic stage, what would I even, like, what would I even do? Like, I have this book, literally a book of poetry, but like, I don't know if that's what I, that's the story I want to tell anymore. Money for Rocks will help me reconnect and fall back in love with not only my poetry, but poetry in general to where I can feel confident enough to get back into writing. I, I think like it's, it comes to every time in a poet's life where like you are at not even like a crossroads, but just like a point where you have to redefine who you are as a artist, as a poet, as somebody who gets up in a mic and delivers spoken word. I I used to want to do slam poetry. I used to want to do like fucking um, like haikus and stuff. Like I have a couple haikus, but like, again, I, I don't feel like it fits me. Like, I just know there's something out there for me when it comes to being a poet that I can find to get back in my lane. Like I, I find myself always not always reverting back, but like drawing a lot of my muse from music. Like I find myself like even today I was thinking about what's a new poem I can do and I I started off with Lupe Fiasco's gold watch and I was like "Mm, let's peruse the essentials of cool a brief study of the things that never seen but it's like I was like damn maybe I need to look up the lyrics and maybe like but I was like why I know like that's a thing that poets do but I feel as if I I want to I want to be I want to be able to switch up my flows as as a rapper would without you without using like music as that catalyst. Like I want to be able to just write again. Um I have a poem that will come up later in the in the book it's called Writer's Block. Um and it legitimately says that my heart and my head no longer speaks the same love language. And that shit was real for me that like um i have so many things on my heart and my mind kind of knows how it wants to format it but it never lets me fully connect to like okay boom 
here's the thing write the thing boom is written that never happens like at all and it, it sucks um i i know that we as a society now we talk more about mental health awareness i have a lot of friends who are um licensed mental health um therapists who are licensed counselors and have friends who have podcasts about mental health i listen to podcasts about mental health but it's hard to keep up with your mental health even if you're diligently checking behind you um i struggle with depression and anxiety and a lot of the stuff that i have written in a time in my life um directly stem from anxious or depressive modes and mo and like moments that I that I basically um that I draw from. I'd also draw from joy, I also draw like I I always I never have wanted to be a sad poet. Like all of my poems are very light hearted, very like upbeat, like um I have a <laughs> I have a poem that I actually will do for you guys now. Um, this one is the second one up. It's called Woke Up on the R Right Side of Style. Woke Up on the Right Side of Style is a very interesting one. And I definitely, um, I'll talk about it more after I, after, after I do it. Okay, so let's, let's get into Woke Up on the Right Side of Style. So... When did the way that I be dressed become so cool when I was ridiculed in middle school, but now I'm on point with these bourgeois tools? <laughs> my nerd logic has always flowed into my closet. Pick and match has never caught my eye. I stand out like a helium molecule in, within a hydrogen bond. Fashion has taken my style and flipped a switch. It went from nerd to hipster, and now they sold it to the rich. They pay out of the pocket that basically look just like this. I know it now it's cool to look smart and get good grades, but where the hell was that when I was getting no play, ranked on every day, and girls telling me that you're not my type, but we can be friends, okay? <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to see intellect have its day, but it's a falsehood, a farce, a mockery to what we geeks actually do. Kids on Instagram and Twitter taking pics and glasses and making them caption hashtag nerd. <laughs> oh, silly child. That would just be absurd. You know that 42 you made on the you made on the test the other day would say otherwise but all the 1500 likes on facebook just feed into the lies i weep for the actual nerds freaks and geeks because with all the popularity they're somehow still the meek bullies now dressed in hrgs and skinny jeans tell them that they're uncool and in all actuality they're the ones that look like the fools I shopped at thrift stores way before it was the fad it's not because i like your granddad's clothes it's because I had no cash. Our skinny jeans aren't skinny, not because we bought them that way. They, they were my brother's hand-me-downs, and he's a little bit smaller than me, okay? Nerds are the way that we are for a particular reason, not because it's what's hot or what was in season. Our intellect makes up for what we could not expect. The social status of Neanderthals who just sit around and waste my time. So give me a minute while I sit back and relish in the victory of my kind because I woke up on the right side of styling. You can't take that away from me right now. Thanks. Yeah, so <laughs> right side of style is a very interesting piece because I <laughs> it delves into a lot of um like past 
feelings and um, emotional trauma, things like that or whatever, because you you hear a little bit of it. Like, Because, again, I'm in a different space, a headspace in my life, and I look back at it, and I'm like, damn, I was angry. Angry at people that I don't give a fuck about. Like, <laughs> uh, it, it talks about people or kids on on facebook or and stuff like that and how they're hashtag nerd and oh my god i'm a nerd but like it's not it's it honestly when i wrote that i was in kind of the space of like a fanboy like i was like you're not real nerds but everybody's fucking nerd man like i used to get the most positive reactions or feedbacks from woke up on the right side of style because again like when i wrote it i was in this place i was very passionate about things i said but a lot of of people connect with that a lot of people understand like they're nerds and they're like yo like you really hit home with me for that one like and i never i never expect my poetry to impact people that's a weird thing for a poet to say but that's the truth like i always write poems to get my feelings out to right i write poetry to get stuff off my chest i never be like yeah this is gonna hit them hard like yeah they gonna be like oh so yeah like i i never i never expected when people would come up to me and like yo like Woke up on the right side of style was my childhood too, dog. I understand, like, my brother, I got his um, fucking jeans and stuff. My mom didn't want to buy new clothes. Or, like, girls always tell me, you're not my type. Or, it's just, you know, we're, we're cool friends. Like, everybody has those feelings or emotions. Because you're, when you're young, that shit means so much to you. Like, I look at teenagers or even, like, fucking just younger people than me nowadays, and they're like, oh, I have to have my life before 30. I have to have everything together before I hit 25. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, silly child. That's what I should be saying. Oh, silly child. That would be absurd. <laughs> like, we're never going to have our shit together. Like, no matter how hard you try. Life has a way to instantly humble you at any step of the way and i've learned that exponentially exponentially on so many occasions so many times um well i'm on the right side of style is again it, it it reflected where i was um i'm in a different space but i still i still love to perform this poem because again it's just like a little swagger jacket like all y'all niggas out here trying to look like nerds all y'all trying to be like us and watch it like you could all you had to do was back in the day admit that you fucking watched anime all you had to do is admit like just it's fessed up like oh yeah i watched power rangers of dragon ball z like oh cool yeah like it's all right like no one was going to like fucking <laughs> take your cool card dog. like it's it's it it it, it hits me now that like the things that i felt so passionate about are the things that at this age of 33 i don't care i don't care about um like, but i still again one of my favorite poems to perform because it, it it helps a lot of people understand where they were as well as myself and yeah man i i do enjoy performing all the all these old poems, man. Because like I said, these, this first chapter is like my greatest hits. These are things I would literally go to open mics and like if I didn't write something new on the spot, I would perform these because these are my faves. <laughs> all right, so um, I'm trying to think, because like I said, we got a little bit of time. I want to go ahead and um, let's just get into the next poem. The next poem on this 
chapter is called Time Traveler. <sighs> what can I say about Time Traveler? Again, I'm nerdy as fuck, y'all. Like, <laughs> this first chapter will prove to you, like, that this nigga don't talk about nothing other than being a fucking nerd. That's what he gonna talk about. Um, I am... <laughs> I'm excited to be performing all of these because I always always rock out shows and I always like give my all or whatever but for some reason niggas just don't be watching it like people don't be seeing me or they don't see me on open mics or they don't like they don't find the rare footage that people do videotape of me of my poetry and like all of my family like, I never get to see you do poetry or our friends like oh you don't do poetry for me no more here I am doing poetry so hopefully you listen to this podcast and you come back for the other episodes as well and um yeah you'll see here all of my all of my current lineup of poems like these are all the poems that i've written i've i've got a couple in there where i did like a duet or so or whatever and i have some that are where i have um collaborated with a couple of people on poetry so yeah like you these are all my works all of my writing so yeah let's get into time traveler i'm a time traveler and no I don't use a TARDIS or a DeLorean to survey the wonders of the continuum. Every time I gaze my eyes to the stars above, I see the lights with that are my vehicle to travel back in time. The twinkling glitz that are billions of years away from my vision, my mission is to discover the beginning of all matter and all being to try to figure out what's the true meaning of this little blue ball in this backwaters of the boondocks of a galaxy. I don't know, but that fascinates me. <laughs> When I look up, seeing back in the space that moment where we can never reach, way back within the continuum when nobody was ever there to speak a word or write a verb or even comprehend the magnitude of the creation of physics itself. But who am I but one to inspire, inspire you to readjust your vision to the heavens and think about what you see? I know it may not be excellent or make you say great Scots, but this timey wimey wobbly 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 stuff is kind of great, and I think it deserves a closer look. Thanks you. Um, <laughs> I have to find a way to let y'all know the poem's over. Like, <laughs> um, dope. Like, so, time traveler. It's it's my pop culture. TV movie reference type poem because you you see I talk about Doctor Who shit I talk about um, Back to the Future talked about uh, what else I put in there Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure a lot of time travel stuff I'm a huge sci-fi nerd I love Star Trek I love Star Wars I love Doctor Who I love all anything sci-fi um, I'm usually I usually fucks with it. And this is my love letter to time travel. Like, I have a couple of poems that are love letters to things that I, I appreciate or things that have impacted or shaped my life. So, time travel is one of those because if there were any power or superpower I would get, it would be fucking time travel. It would be time manipulation. I would love to have that power. Like, it's one of the constants. Um <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I definitely am excited to to get back into these old, like these older works of mine because I, I don't even know when I wrote these. Like I, I have them t 
time stamp somewhere, but I, I have to like do certain things so the time stamp gets messed up or whatever. But these probably written back like shoot, 2015, 2016 mostly. Especially, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. Probably written back like 2014, 2015. Um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And time travel. I rem- I remember it so. I have vivid memories of when I first performed a lot of these um, poems. So, <sighs> Time Traveler was first written. It was literally written inside of Borough Bar downtown. It's down. It's no longer there now. But it was written inside of Borough for the Cipher. And I was there because they, they used to do, um, Massville used to have a show that would lead right into the cypher um because they would do like dual shows i can't even remember the name of mass appeal show damn um it used to be a hip-hop show and i would come there chill for a bit and then i would write poems as i'm waiting to get the the sign-up list for the open mic that night and I wrote Time Traveler one night. I think I was just by myself chilling because normally I go to open mics alone. I I used to, I still go, I go to certain, let me, let me rephrase that. I go to certain open mics alone. Like Cypher, I normally go solo. Um, Rain Dogs, go solo. But, I've started, but I did start going with the crew um, for Rain Dogs, like before it switched over, before the pandemic, let's just say before the pandemic. Um, I verbal essence is my home. So like I, I have like, I always be in the fam there. So, um, and other, like other city shows, I would try to go with friends and stuff like that. So we would perform together, do things like that or whatever. But like mainly when I go to the cypher, I'm solo. I remember I, <laughs> but yeah, I remember sitting back in the back of Burrow um, by the pinball machines and pool tables. <laughs> it was just a pinball machine. It was just tables and it was a pinball machine. And I was writing Time Traveler. And I remember I I, I like doing this thing where like my, my cadence switches within the middle of a poem. Because you see like it was like the twinkle and glitch that are billions away from my vision, my mission is discover that about like i love doing like little quick little things like it it's stupid like it's <laughs> to me it sounds like stupid and dramatic but like it it's a thing it's my it's a thing i do and i like it but um i remember i was looking up at the lighting in burrow bar and it looked like stars and i was like yo what if i do a astronomy poem and i'm like no 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 sci-fi and then i wrote time traveler and it just it's a piece of me that i always will remember dog and like i said the place is no burrow's no longer there um the cypher is back i believe but it's at real thing um and like i just i i can't recreate that moment anymore but i can always have it in my heart by performing time traveler like it's just something that I love with poems. Poems are a piece of you that gets to stick around 
for a while like forever like especially if they're written down that's why i wanted to write the book because if i can write this book and i can get it out i will always have that moment that memory of being in borough bar staring up at the stage and seeing the lights glisten down at me man and it's just like (sighs) memories dog poems are memories Especially specific memories of when you wrote them and where you were. And, like, it, it, it's a time capsule. Like, every poem to me is a time capsule. I may not remember each and every single one, but I remember general stuff of, like, um, I wrote a lot of poems right before I went on stage for Verbal Lessons. So, that was something that I religiously did. And <laughs> those poems, a lot of them were trash, but I still did them because they were new. I was working out new material. I was getting better at being a poet. And that's what you have to do. You just have to be fearless at times. And that's why, again, I'm back here, back behind the mic, doing this. Like, I'm literally putting all this shit out on the line for you guys to enjoy. And, like, no matter how afraid I am to get back into poetry, there's always a rush and endorphin boost that I get from getting in and performing for you guys. So yeah, I may stumble, I may fuck up on a couple of these poems, but again, it's been a fu- it's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've done these poems for, <laughs> for anybody. Like um, so yeah, let alone like just getting them right. Because um, another back behind the scenes secret, um, I don't. I don't do second takes like any podcast you hear. That's all first take shit. I may edit some things out, but I don't do second takes. I hate second takes because it takes so long. I'm a one take Nancy. Like if I fuck this up right here, I'm just going to keep going. I'm already too deep. I'm like 30 minutes in almost like it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like 29 minutes in like, (laughs) so yeah. So, um, (laughs) I just saw the next poem that's coming up for you guys. So, Sticking in chapter one, still in chapter one. Um, This is the halfway point. So this will be the last poem for the episode. And then we'll talk a little bit or so. And then we'll go ahead and um, get up out of here. Okay. So this one is called when a good man goes to war. This one again is another borough fucking classic. Um, I wrote this for the cypher at borough bar. Um, Oh, this was during the Doctor Who 50th anniversary. Again, super fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> Doctor Who's 50th anniversary was huge, huge deal for me, man. I love the Doctor. I love everything. So had to write a, a poem to commemorate that. And, and it's so funny. I loved, I loved the crowd at the Cipher because they accepted my little nerdy ass. <laughs> they accepted my nerdy ass talking about like, oh, Doctor Who and mm, time travel. And like these niggas at the Cipher used to be like talking about broken whips and chains and, and, and oh, long lost loves and like it's yeah like i i was the more i was the most lighthearted fucking poet that hit the stage for cypher um during that burrow age like it's it was either you were like straight hip-hop or you were like bringing the mood down or you were doing something other than t- like everybody used to be like yeah man i was a good break that was a good break like um <laughs> all right so Let's get into When a Good Man Goes to War. So, again, this is 50th anniversary Doctor Who poem tribute. 
shout outs to um all of my nerdy whovians who love this poem as well um so yeah when a good man goes to war it's a sad sad thing to see he puts aside his pride for you and me and the right the wrongs of the universe if you don't know where I come from, I come from a place in time where angels cry and alonzies, bow ties are cool, and screwdrivers are more than just a mere tool. Boxes are bigger on the inside, and when a madman says, trust me, you do. I come from where spoilers are told by the only melody the forest has, but, <laughs> but when a good man goes to war, it's a place you don't want to be. He becomes the destroyer of worlds, an oncoming storm. It's quite not of a sight to see. You have pushed him way too far and hurt the one he hurt the ones he loved, and you shall rue the day. He may even make you a captain runaway. His last stand within the world of chaos and turmoil, his toil his toil he'll try to po make post haste for those who come to destroy and exterminate the universe at its back and the choice in his hand hands a bad wolf by his side and himself in his ears the fate of the crack stands before him and all you don't know is who i wish to look back and tell the tales to my kids the adventures of that madman and i and let them know that the good man that protects us who lives in skies and sadly I'll tell them about that night. That night where he had to apologize to all of his companions and went to an war the only way he knew how. For he knew that this ended the night so brings forth the day of the doctor. Thank you. Whew. All right. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> That is a big thing for me. Like, um, again, I'm a I'm a huge Hoovian, and the 50th anniversary was such a dope thing to to um to actually be a part of, like be a part of the fandom for like <laughs> like if you if I was just getting a who now wouldn't care, but like I've been a Hoovian since like middle school, and um to get into Doctor Who and celebrate with every single Doctor Who fan from around the world via Twitter and like um Facebook and just you like everything. It was so dope. Doctor Who has evolved since then. We've had three other doctors. No, no, two other doctors because Matt Smith was the doctor. Well no no I'll count the war doctor. War doctor, we had Peter Capaldi and we also had Jody Smith. Um Yeah, so three doctors. Shout out to the War Doctor, um, may God rest his soul. Um, I am, <laughs> I actually do have to catch back up on Doctor Who. That, that's off subject, off topic and shit. But yeah, man, it's it's a, it's a it's a whole vibe, man, over there. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So yeah, if you guys definitely don't watch Doctor Who or want to get into it, just come talk to me, like. I'll, I will get you into Doctor Who. Doctor Who and Steven Universe are the two things that I've openly advocate for. 
I don't even have I don't have a Steven Universe poem. That should be my next my next tribute poem is a Steven Universe poem. That that's that that sounds amazing. Thank you guys for helping with that. <laughs> I'm gonna do a Steven Universe poem because that show, my God, yes. All the yes. But um yeah, um I'm gonna like I said, that's the halfway point for chapter one. I'm gonna go ahead and stop it there because we we've got we got three more chapters to go, um, about four more poems in chapter one and a good bit of chapter two and three and four. So I want to pace it out, man, give you guys as much content as I can. Um, cause if I did all the whole chapter in this one go, it'd just be four fucking episodes. So yeah, let's, <laughs> let's pace this out, man. Um, I don't even know. Do I, do I even, so here's the thing. I'm not going to plug myself. I'm going to plug my favorite open mics and spots to go to for you guys who live in Jacksonville. If you don't live in Jacksonville, find a virtual open mic or find an open mic in your area. Support your open mics, man. Especially now that we're getting back outside and we're we're getting a little bit more comfortable with having crowds around. Um, go explore. Go put yourself in a vulnerable position and be able to open yourself up to a crowd. It's scary, but it's liberating. Like, shout out to Smoking Word, who happens every Monday at Onyx down here in Jacksonville, Florida. Shout out to The Cypher. Shout out to um, Rain Dogs. They've started back there. Open mics. Um, I believe that there is The Lyricist Live every Thursday at Justice Pub. Um, I will definitely get more open mics and more things for you guys. If you have an open mic, if you are a open mic host or if you are open mic poem poet, go ahead and send me in some of your stuff. I would definitely love to hear some of your poetry, hear some of your, um, your works and like shout you out on the show. Like, and this will go strictly to my Patreon. My patrons are very loyal and they are definitely people who are going to like so put their money where their mouth is like they honestly do it for me so <laughs> so yeah if you need support if you need anything um from me definitely hit me up about it like i said because this is a patreon show but i may keep it around and do something a little bit bigger for it because once the book comes out i may want to keep money for rocks and make it into like a full-on podcast you never know man we'll see we'll see see what the future holds um <laughs> so yeah I have been your friendly neighborhood nerd and I want to thank you for joining me here on money for rocks, a collection of poems by nerds, the podcast. And I hope that you join me next time. Have a good night.